Well, it's good to be back with you all today after a little jaunt to the Holy Land. Um, it's good to come back and share with you all another word. This morning's scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 46 through 56, if you'd like to follow along in your pew Bible. An argument rose, arose among the disciples about which of them was the greatest. Aware of their deepest thoughts, Jesus took a little child and had the child stand beside him. Jesus said to his disciples, whomever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever is least among you all is greatest. John replied, Master, we saw someone throwing demons out in your name and we tried to stop him because he isn't in our group of followers. But Jesus replied, Don't stop him because whoever isn't against you is for you. As the time approached when Jesus was to be taken up into heaven, he determined to go to Jerusalem. He sent messengers on ahead of him. Along the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the Samaritan villagers refused to welcome him because he was determined to go to Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? But Jesus turned and spoke sternly to them. And they went on to another village. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Depending on your translation, it either says, Jesus was determined to go to Jerusalem or resolutely set his face towards Jerusalem. Or in the Bible that I read, or the, the NIV translation, it says, set his face towards Jerusalem. This morning we're reading from the Gospel of Luke, a passage of scripture that sets the tone, if you will. For the entire remainder of the book of Luke, of the gospel of Luke, as the ministry of Jesus transitions from the small towns in the northern region of Israel around the Sea of Galilee, cities like Bethsaida and Capernaum and Cana, and he transitions to the lesser fertile regions of the hills and moves southward toward Jerusalem, eventually landing at the city set in the hills. Jesus' ministry has been centered in the north. The transfiguration has occurred. He has taught. He's healed. He's performed miracles. He's fed 5,000 people. He's walked on the water. He's taught the disciples. And he's declared a new reality of how the world will appear when God's kingdom is at hand. But now he has to go. To leave the land of his family, to leave the land of his friends, to leave the community and the region that he is so familiar with. To go to Jerusalem to a city that he knows what is going to happen in that city. But yet he has to go. We know that Jesus was a faithful Jewish man and he likely had been to Jerusalem many other times in his life. But for some reason, and we know what the reason is, Luke specifically mentions this time, that Jesus sets his face towards the city to go. This passage of scripture for me has come to my mind many times these past few weeks. Probably because I was in the Holy Land with our group as Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. But it's a scripture that also captures my attention as I think about what he was and who he was and how he set himself toward the mission that God had sent for him to do. 
a couple of weeks ago as we drove from the fertile region around the Sea of Galilee, you have to picture, you know, farmland and, and crops and fields and agriculture and just life. And then you go southward, following the Jordan River down out of the, the cropland into a land of hills until eventually you hit desert around the city of Jericho. And then you begin your ascent, a significant ascent upward. Upward from the lowest inhabited city in the world to Jerusalem, a city that many refer to as the center of the world. See, I kept thinking of this passage. As we drove those hills, as we drove those mountains, that Jesus had set his face toward Jerusalem. That he had set his face towards reaching that city. That he had set his face towards that goal that was before him on the mission that he had been sent to do. He had to do it. Because he knew the distractions that were going to occur. He knew the possibility of the opposition that was going to, to be before him. He had to set his face towards that which he knew needed to be accomplished. And he had to do it because if you're walking to Jerusalem from Galilee, you have to be determined, especially if it's on foot. As you head from the northern part of this land southward and journey up. See, what I didn't know until my first trip to the Holy Land and then this past time I was reminded of it, the trip from Galilee to Jerusalem is difficult. It's difficult because you travel southward from a land of abundance and of water and of fertility and of growth. And you go down. And as you go down, you progress from life to less life to spots of life to the desert. And it's almost like as the elevation decreases, so does the opportunity for life from the land. And then it makes me think of the land and and how different it probably was in Jesus' lifetime. Because, you know, now we're able to pump water vast distances to irrigate crops and to, to apply water to the roots of plants, you know, using direct irrigation and all sorts of other things. And, and I think of Jesus' life and of in Jesus' time. How central the life in that land was around the Jordan. And how much of the land that we see today that is green probably wasn't then. Until you almost hit the lowest point around the city of Jericho. A city fed by an oasis, a place where tradition says was where Jesus went to experience the the, the temptations. But Jesus goes from this low place, from this old place, and then he travels a short distance to the city of Jerusalem. Jericho is is 14 miles from Jerusalem, but in those 14 miles you ascend 3,500 feet. So Luke wasn't kidding when he said that Jesus had to set his face towards reaching the city of Jerusalem. You know, our bus had to work 
to get up those mountains. And so I can't imagine having to do it on foot. But he had to set his face towards the mission that was before him. As he set aside the distraction, as he set aside the opposition, as he set aside everything else that he faced. Think what could have happened. If Jesus allowed any of the distractions that he faced to to keep him from his destination. Think about what could have happened. But it didn't because he focused on that which had to be done. And on the mission that he had been sent to do. And on the call that God had placed on his life. You know, it's interesting to me, in verse 51, you read the scripture that that Jesus was determined to go, that he set his face towards Jerusalem, that he resolutely decided to go to Jerusalem. And then immediately following that, he's faced with distraction and opposition. In verse 52, it says that as he was approaching a Samaritan village, the Samaritans came out and opposed him. They did not welcome him because he was going to Jerusalem. And we know the history that, you know, the Samaritans didn't uh, revere Jerusalem because of, of the Babylonian, you know, exile and the time that the Jews were taken out of the land of Israel and then they returned. And there was this remnant there that had stayed there of the Samaritans. And they had began offering sacrifices on Mount Gerasim. And so there was a rift between those in the Jewish faith that claimed they were following the Jewish faith and the Samaritans. And so Jesus approached this city and, and I see crowds coming out and yelling at him and telling him he's not welcome. And, and just doing whatever they could do to not welcome him because he was going to Jerusalem. And so you add to that opposition... Then James and John who are trying their best to be helpful. See, because I see him and I see Jesus walking and, and Jesus is experiencing this, this opposition and people are yelling at him and who knows whatever else has happened. And then James and John are like, let's show them. And we'll just call down fire from heaven. You know, it's a reminder, it reminds me of Elijah Elijah calling down fire from heaven when he, he challenged the priest of Baal on the top of Mount Carmel. Or perhaps it reminds us of, of the fire from heaven that came when, when Lot left the city of, of Babel, of Sodom. But see, James and John, I think, were, I, I think they were thinking, we'll show them. Because they don't recognize what Jesus is doing. They don't recognize who Jesus is. They don't recognize the mission that he is on. And so let's just destroy the city. But what did he do? My translation says that Jesus silenced them. A translation I was reading yesterday said that Jesus rebuked them. And he didn't even turn his face. He just set his face back on the path towards the destination that he was going towards. And he continued moving forward with his goal. See, Jesus didn't allow even those who he loved the most, who he knew the most, who he was closest with, to distract him from that goal and that mission that God had placed in his life. 
See, it makes me think in our own lives of, of the times that we've allowed ourselves to be distracted. To be distracted from, from the goals that we are seeking to accomplish. To be distracted from the growth in our personal faith that we have set out to accomplish. How often have as churches have we allowed ourselves to become so focused on the things that are not central to our mission that we lose sight of our mission and focus altogether. See, Luke wrote that that Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem because he knew the risk that comes when you and I get distracted, when the people of God get distracted, when when we stop working towards the mission and the call that God has placed in our lives. He knew that, that we would become so distracted that we would forget to fulfill the very mission that Jesus has given us to go and make disciples in my name. He knew that we would become so distracted in our own lives that we would allow the sin and the suffering and the unfulfilling things to overwhelm us and prevent us from growing in our faith. He knew that we would become so distracted that we would stop living in a way that honors God and honors ourselves. And we would start living in ways that lead us to death. He knew that we would allow the minor percentage of the things that we differ on to rule us, to overwhelm us, to overshadow us. Instead of looking at the vast majority of things that that we do agree on, that we strive to do, to guide and direct who we are in our lives. See, as I read this passage of Scripture this morning, I read that we have to set our face towards Christ. We set our face towards Jerusalem as he did, setting our face towards that city in which he lived and and died and offered himself on the cross, that city in which we go and, and we see and experience the resurrection life that he has given us. But we have to go. We have to set our faces towards that thing, towards that place, towards the Christ, to make disciples in his name to share in our faith, to share in our story, to share in our journey with others. We have to set our face towards the life that He offers us. Because that's the only way that we can accomplish the goals and the call and the mission to make disciples in His name. The mission that He's put each of us on this place to do. The mission that He Himself came to earth to do. The very reason that He offered Himself on the cross and then experienced resurrection. Was so that you and I could proclaim and receive the gift of life and forgiveness and love and everything else that He offers us. But for us to receive it, We have to set our face towards Christ. We have to set our faith towards the life that He's given us and towards the the mission that He's placed in our lives and, and, and towards the community that He's given us. Because if we focus on the other things, we lose the very focus of what He calls us to do, which is make disciples of Jesus Christ in His name by teaching them, by loving them, by sharing with them, and by offering them the grace, the love, and the forgiveness that He's given us. 
See, it wasn't easy for Jesus to set his face towards Jerusalem. He faced opposition. He faced distractions. He faced the people that that he knew and loved the most trying to get him to do other things. But yet he shows us what it means for us to live a life focused on him. Focused on the goal that he's given us. And focused on the life that he's offered us. And so today I encourage you to set your face towards Jesus Christ. To set your face towards the mission that he's given you. And to not focus on the distractions that are out there in this world. Distractions at times that you know are well intentioned. But they keep us from doing the main thing which is making disciples for Jesus Christ as we seek to grow with God, as we seek to grow with others, and as we offer ourselves in mission and service to the world. Set your face towards Christ. Set your face towards the life He gives you and towards the mission that He's placed in your life to make disciples in His name as we proclaim his resurrection until he comes again. Amen.